0: So you're with me again today, and you know, it's interesting, as uh, as we start this, I want to start off with a prayer and uh, give the Lord the thanks for all the things that He does for us. Father God, we come before Your majestic throne with just thanksgiving in our heart, always entering Your courts with praise and thanksgiving, Father, for who You are and what You've done for us. And God, this morning, I I just pray the words that come out of my mouth will be from You, and Your Word will just uh, uh, verify each one of these things, Father. We love you, we give you thanks, and we just pray that uh, we'll all just uh, continue to worship you in truth and in spirit, for we give you thanks, in Jesus' name, amen. Going back to, uh, you know, sometimes when the time changes like this, uh, uh, spring has sprung and all those things, but my spring is not springing very good today, but uh, I'm I'm just joyous to be here. You know, I'm going to... Speak on this morning is the uh, eternal security, okay, and you say what's eternal security? okay The Bible tells us over and over again, calls and gifts from God are irrevocable. when God gives you something he doesn't take it away he's not what we call a maybe an Indian giver. What he says is true His word has forever been established in his word. And as we read His Word and we believe in His Word and trust in His Word, we will know more and more about Him. And so sometimes uh, we go through what some people call uh, uh, cafeteria the- theology. Any of y'all know what cafeteria theology is? It's, it's where, you know, when you go through the line at the cafeteria at Luby's or something, you just pick and choose what you like. And you, if you don't like uh, Brussels sprouts or some of those things, you just avoid them. Well, you can't do that in the Bible. You can do it. But it works to your detriment, to your, you know, to the worst situation. So what we need to do is believe exactly what God's Word says always. If it says something, uh, you you need to believe it. He didn't put it in there for any other reason except to, to build you up, to edify you, so that we'll be uh, what He wants us to be, okay? Well, I'm going to talk about this morning. And one of the things when you're just substituting for the pastor... I can never fill his shoes, but I'm substituting today, okay? I'm a pinch hitter, and I hope I get a home run, but we'll, we'll see what happens here, okay? By the way, I'm I'm always a joyful person. I, I like to kid around with people and those kinds of things. I think life is joyful, you know, uh, and the Bible tells us, you know, the joy of the Lord is our strength. If you're not joyous, uh, I think there's something wrong sometimes, you know, when you go around with the the book of Lamentation on your face. You know, Lamentation means you're crying out and all this time. If you're going around crying out all the time, you know, there's something going wrong here. Let's look up. He says, Rejoice in me, always. Rejoice. Even when things are not going in your to your advantage. Well, I want to speak on eternal uh, security because there's a lot of people in the, in the churches that do not believe in eternal security. What God has given you is a free gift. And He doesn't take it back. Once you receive it, that's the end of that story. Now, there's lots of other things that we need to be doing. It's just not, you know, in Baptist uh, theology, so to speak, we preach about salvation every Sunday. Salvation. That's the beginning of things, is it not? You accept Jesus Christ. He saves you. And He saves you completely, as Scriptures tell us. So we're going to be looking at those kinds of things. But there's still this argument going on in a lot of churches that... That uh, once you're saved, you can fall away. You can fall away. Well, you can fall away. You can do something. We have to define falling away. You can backslide, so to speak. You can backslide. You can be a Christian and backslide and get back into sin and find out you're in deep trouble. Okay? So that's something that can happen. But you don't lose your salvation because of that. Okay? Your children. Your children are your children. And no matter what they do, they're still your children. And the Bible tells us very clearly that once we come to know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we are eternally saved. Now, the problem is, and I had this discussion with my son. My son is an assembly of God. Now, he he grew up in a Baptist church, and he went to an assembly of God uh, seminary here in Waxahachie. And he loves the Lord and me and him have had this discussion many times. But he said, well, I think you can lose your salvation. I said, no way, man. And I said, he said, why? And I said, well, let's look at the scriptures. So we're going to just look at just a handful of scriptures this morning. I could give you 20, 25 of them. I started to uh, put those all together. And I said, well, you know, they don't want to hear 25 uh, scriptures right now. Anybody want to hear 25? Raise your hand. Not a single hand flew up. Oh, yeah, I did. I got one back there. Anyway, uh the thing is, we need to uh, look at the preponderance of the evidence. What does the Bible say about any given subject? And then, uh, there are some scriptures that would might indicate that you could lose your salvation, but they're being taken out of context is what happens. And so, there are certain denominations, I can tell you, I, and I'm not picking on denominations, I'm just saying, if you're a Church of Christ member, you can lose your salvation according to them. Assembly of God, they think you uh, can lose your salvation. But after I, after I explored this with my son, he said, "Well, Dad, you know I really don't believe you can lose your salvation." He said, "I just believe people are are faking it," and I said, "That's probably uh, what what he's talking about." You know, you can think you're going to heaven, and I and I was reminded uh, last night when I was watching something on television. They were talking about obituaries. You know, the word obituary is the word death notice. That's what the obit means is a death notice, okay? So these are notifications. And if you go and read the newspaper, all the obituaries, everybody there is going to heaven, okay? Everybody there is going to heaven, okay? Whether they're going to heaven or not, I don't know. But I do know this. Nobody ever says, well, this guy was, I mean, this guy was bad news. And he was a drug addict. He was this, that, and another. And he was really bad news. And he's going to hell. Well, you don't know that. I don't know that. But nobody wants to to, uh, you know, tell people that you're going to the wrong place. They don't want, you know, and honestly, Jesus told the people that he spoke to all the time, you know, unless they became a part of his kingdom, they were going to hell. But they didn't want to hear that. And ultimately, they crucified him for our benefit. So now, so there's a lot of arguments about this salvation. And I remember back, Probably thirty years ago, we uh, pastor we had down the, down the road a piece uh, spoke on this, and uh, I have no doubt in my mind. I've looked at enough scriptures to, and I know that the pastor, Pastor Nick, believes in eternal salvation. Once you have salvation, truly, once you have accepted Jesus Christ personally as your Savior, you are saved for eternity. Now that, like I said, is just the beginning of things, and so we need to be aware of that tonight i'm going to be talking about eternal rewards eternal rewards, and the Bible talks about that too, and we're going to, we're going to spend a little bit of time on that so if you're uh around tonight you you have you have time to go home, take a little nap, and come back okay so in john first uh, uh, John three one it says, "How great is the love that the father has uh Uh, lavished on us that we would be called children of God and that's what we are the reason the world does not know him is that they did not know uh, that that they don't know him is uh, because they didn't personally know him now so we're called children of God you know you're a child of God once you become born again into the kingdom of God you're a child of God also it says that we're the bride of Christ so I'm a child of God Okay, he's part of, th- and then I'm a uh, uh, the bride of Christ. So this, they almost seem like they conflict, but they don't. God is the Father. Jesus Christ is the Son. They're the same, but yet they're different. And so we become uh, the bride of Christ through Jesus Christ. But again, I, and I think I mentioned this last week, we are the wife of Jehovah, in, once, in, in some passages in the Old Testament, it talks about, and we're, but we're definitely children of God, and you don't disinherit your children just because they do wrong, but there is some consequences for doing wrong. So a, a true co- a child of Christ is secure and can never be removed from the, his newly adopted family. No one can take him away. He's been inserted into the body of Christ, and it talks about that very... Sh- If you go through the the entire Bible, you'll see that it says when you're in Christ, it talks about these things over and over, Uh, and it uses the term in Christ like 89 times throughout the scripture, in Christ, okay? Uh, Romans 8 and 1, Romans 8 and 1 says that if anyone is in Christ Jesus, in Christ Jesus, it says, so now there is no... Condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. That's NLT. But the uh, NIV says in Christ, and it does say that up there, are in Christ. You have to be in Christ in order to be saved for eternity. Once you get into the body of Christ, you can't get out. You've been sealed for the day of redemption. And we'll look at that in just a minute. It's a gift. It's not earned. It's a gift from God. Salvation is a gift from God. All of us, I think, by now, no, it, it is a gift from God. You don't earn it. There's nothing you can do to to, uh, to earn it. You just receive it. He hands, hands out his, he sticks out to his hand and says, Here, that's why we have an altar call. We have an altar call for, so that you might receive that gift. You might sit there in your, in your uh, uh, pew and receive Jesus Christ, okay? But he wants you to testify about him up here uh, coming forward, but also when we have our baptism, that's the main purpose of the baptism is to testify that you have accepted Jesus Christ and that he's washed you uh, uh, pure and, and clean. So we need to keep that in mind. Uh, so how did this happen? Of course, we know the story. We've, we hear about the story each and every week about uh, that Jesus Christ paid the, paid the price that we could not pay. He came and he paid for our salvation. And so, it says, uh, Jesus declares in in uh, John 3, 3, he says, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. Yeah. And, the, and, and in Greek it says, he, unless he's born from above, yeah. okay? You have to be born of Jesus Christ, from above, from heaven. It's something that this Holy Spirit does for you, okay, as you accept Jesus Christ. So, we need to make uh, sure that we keep that in mind, Okay? And you know, I, I, we were talking this morning, Jesus said, he says, you can't see the king. You can't enter the kingdom of God. There's no way to enter the kingdom of God unless you accept him. But you can't even see the kingdom of God. And if you think about that, okay, if you think about that, you can't see him. When Jesus was here on earth, they couldn't see him. He was the king He said, I am the kingdom of God. He came displaying himself as the king of the kingdom. And they denied him. So they couldn't even see who he was. Why? Because they rejected him. The Jewish people at that time rejected him, the vast majority of them. They rejected him. So you can't even see who Jesus Christ is unless you accept him as your Lord and Savior. And then the Holy Spirit then begins to illuminate those things uh, that are in the Scripture. As you read them, you say, wow, I never knew that. You know, I've... As long as I've been doing this, and I'm, I am can tell you for every pastor, everyone that ever reads the Bible, the more you read it, you, you say, well, I don't know how many times I've read that, but uh, I never knew that before. God reveals it, through it to us through His Holy Spirit. Keep that in mind. So, again, eternal security is in Christ Jesus. We're safe, and we're secure in Him and Him alone. Amen. Now... In Numbers twenty three nineteen, it tells us that God is not a liar. God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? That's Numbers twenty three nineteen. God is not a liar. When he tells you something, what it says in here, you know, understand this. That's why we take the Bible and translate it directly. The Old Testament is translated. Okay, from Hebrew into the English language. And the New Testament, it was in Greek, is translated in English for us. But God's Word is constant. And we have to understand that if you read, that's why I like to carry a Bible with me. I'm not an electronic person. I've got all kinds of iPads and you name it, but I can't do it. I have to write in my Bible. I have to underline it. I have to look at it. I know where it's at in my Bible, but I can't tell you where it's at if I look at my iPad. That's just me. I know some people use them, and that's okay. But the main thing is, is to fix your sight on Jesus Christ and His Word, no matter how you no matter how you do that. So it says in, in uh, Ephesians 2 and 8 and 9, it says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourself. It is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Isn't this exactly what people like to do, say, well, you know what? I'm a pretty good person. you ever heard that term? you ever witnessed to somebody and says, "Well, I'm a pretty good person. Well, you're not perfect, and you're not good enough getting to get into heaven because God wants perfect people. He's the one that makes us perfect. He died for our sins, okay, and uh because of that, we can rely on Him. He is the perfect one that saves us. We cannot save ourselves. It's not by works, not anything you do. but think about that. When I get saved, okay, it says you're saved by by grace through faith. Grace is unmerited favor. It means you didn't deserve it, but God gives it to you because he loves you that much. All you have to do is accept him. And it always it just kind of uh, amazes me how many people will say, uh, well, you know, I don't know about that. It's saved by your faith, not by works, okay? When they ask Jesus, uh, what do I have to do to be saved? He said the work of God is to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. It was Him you were to believe on, not by any works you're doing. And sometimes we get in churches and a lot of churches believe that, first of all, you get you get saved through sal- salvation is through Jesus Christ, but it's not complete. The second phase of that is your works. Now, James, we know he says, faith without works is dead. When you come to know the Lord... There are works God has planned for you. He has works planned for you, and sometimes we get to a point, point. I, I can say this for myself because I, I was there for a long time. You know, I, I really believed I was saved, but boy, as far as doing anything for the Lord, and when we're talking about works, we're talking about what He wants us to do, not what we want to do, Amen. okay? You might want to do this. You might want to be the deacon. Okay, well, maybe that's not the job that God wanted for you. The work he wanted for you maybe is to be another kind of servant. Okay, a servant that maybe some of you, some of you folks uh, uh, work when we have uh, fellowships and everything out. You lay out the tables. You get all the decorations. Those are things that you do for the house of God. Okay, and that may be what God's called you to do. He didn't call you to be a preacher. He didn't call me to be a preacher until much later on in my life after I really put my personal trust in him, okay, which was when I was about 38 years old. I was 38 years old. You know, and this is another thing. I've noticed this in just uh, as I've, you, you can accept Jesus Christ when you're young. A lot of times you accept him when you're very young, and you really don't maybe know what you did. I'm not saying everybody's that way, but a lot of people don't know exactly what they did. Okay, but later on in life, you come to realization, you know, this is the time I need to get, get my life straightened out with Him. And that's what I did when we were in a, we had a what we call a revival down at uh, Hampton Road Baptist Church. And I was sitting there, and I said, okay, God, I'm, I'm not going to play around with you anymore because I had been playing around with Him. And when I say play around with Him. Uh, I believe, but I didn't believe. Okay, I believed, but I did nothing. I just went to work, enjoyed my life, did whatever I wanted to do. But when God changes your life, you have to change. There has to be a change in you. Amen. And if there is no change in you, I suggest that you really think about this because you may not even know the Lord then. God is going to change us. He started a great, a great work in you and I, and he will carry it on to the day of completion in Christ Jesus. He's going to carry, he's going to carry it on. And some of us are kind of stubborn. That's not me. My wife will tell me I'm not stubborn. Now, y'all don't believe that, do you? <laughs> but no, I, I am a very stubborn individual, and I have, uh, you know, I, that's one of my downfalls, uh, uh, unfortunately. Jesus says, He says in uh, in uh, John five twenty four. He says, I tell you the truth. Whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be condemned. He has crossed over from death unto life. That's the issue. I've crossed over that River Jordan, so to speak. Uh, I know Pam just got back from Israel, uh, and I, I assume she went down to the Jordan River. But, you know, Jordan River is not that wide. But, but the fact is, you know, you cross over this river into the Promised Land just like Joshua and, and his uh, uh, tribe uh, moved over into the Promised Land that when they crossed the Jordan River. We cross that Jordan when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. We cross over from death unto life, out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. And so uh, we we, we live in darkness. We are darkness. matter of fact, the pastor sent out an email this morning about that, that we are darkness. We're not just living in darkness. We are living in some darkness, but we're just darkness in our souls before we come to know Christ because you can't even know the light who is Jesus Christ, until you come to Him. And so, we've crossed over from death unto life. It also says in Titus 3 and 5, it says, He saved us, not because of righteous things we have done, but because of His mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. So we know again, that all that takes place as we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. He saved us, not by... Uh, can't hardly read that myself. <laughs> That's why I don't look up there that much. I, uh, thank you, uh, Brad. But uh, I uh, I know that it is Christ that washes us clean, p- cleanses us, purifies us from all unrighteousness. So in in then in Philippians one and six, it says, "Being confident of this, that he who has begun a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus." Jesus is going to carry you along and, and perfect you as you move along. And if you resist him, it's going to, it goes difficult on some of us. I, I wonder if I, I don't want anybody to raise their hand, but you, you say, I've been resisting God a long time. There may be some of you in right here in the resistance. But I can tell you this, if you're a Star Trek fan or that, it, 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 it's futile. You can't resist him. He will change your life. He will change your life, and he'll change your life even more thoroughly as you submit to him. Like it says, submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. You have to submit to God. Now, I'm going to read this one, and this is really an important passage here. John 10, verse 28. Now, this is very important, and I think it's fundamental to knowing that your security is held in trust. By God and Him alone. Okay. In 10, 28. This says, well, I'm going to start back with verse 27. And this is Jesus speaking. He says, My sheep listen to my voice. Know them and know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. My father... Uh, has given them to me greater than uh, and is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. Now, here's the issue here on this particular passage. Uh, In in the Greek, it's, it's much, much clearer to me. It says, he says, no one, no one can snatch them out of my hands. No one. Who is no one? Well, that word no one is, in the Greek, it says not, not. What is that? It's a double negative. If I say, no one, no one, he's being very strong in what he's saying. No one, no one, and that means you, once you accept Jesus Christ, you're in in the kingdom. What about if I commit suicide? Some people will say, well, what if you were born again, truly born again, and you commit suicide? Were you going to hell? Well, I will tell you, no one can snatch you out of God's hands once you put your faith and trust in him. No one. Not even and included in no one is you. You can't even snatch yourself out of You follow? He said, the Father and I are one, and the Father has given me you. Have you ever thought about that? This is an important verse in the Bible. He says, not, not. There ain't no way you can get out of it. It's sealed for the day of redemption when he returns. One of the most important passages in all the Scripture. And it's a little... Well, the way it's put put in the, the these scriptures, it just it, you might not uh, understand it quite that way. But I'm just just telling you, no one, folks, there is no one, you or anyone else, if you've truly come to be saved, know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. There is no way you can lose your salvation. Now, you may think you are because of your way, okay? Because there's two kinds of there's there's uh, the way we live sometimes makes us think. Am I saved? Am I saved? I've heard many people say, well, I don't even know if I'm saved the way I'm acting. Okay? Well, if you are saved, God's going too disciplined to get you back under His umbrella like He's supposed to be. And if you're not, well, that's a totally different. And that's why in church, when you hear these things, you need to be cognizant or aware of these facts so that we can, uh, can make sure that we are saved by our personal relationship with Jesus Christ. So that is absolute when he says not, not, nobody, nobody can take them. God has given them to the Son, Jesus, okay, and they're sealed, period. It also says in John uh, six thirty seven. it says, All that the Father uh, gives me uh, uh, will come to me, and whoever comes to me, I will never uh, drive away. Drive away. He's not going to drive anybody away that comes to him. None of us, okay? He said, "I have come down from heaven to do my do the my uh, to do my will, but to do the will of the Father who sent me. And this is the will of Him who sent me that I shall lose none of all that He has given me. He's not going to lose any of us, folks. And so, how can you lose your salvation if He's not going to lose anybody? If the gift has been given to Him." Jesus Christ, okay? You've given your life to Him. You're not really giving your life to Him. You. You're receiving this. Uh, you know, it's, it's all saying, "Well, you come down here and, and, and receive this, that's the issue. Issue is receiving. Will you receive Christ? He's handing out His hand and saying, here, here's my salvation right here. Just reach out and take it. It's not anything you can do. You're not by works. It's just a, a submission of your will to Him. And, of course, in Romans 8 and 1, it says, "There's Now, therefore, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. God's not going to condemn you. No, no one. Now, there is, there is an issue, and we'll talk about that tonight if you come back, but there is no condemnation. God's not condemn you to anything. He loves you. He saved you. You're his child. I wouldn't condemn my kids to anything Okay? I'm telling look, you're not going to get, you're not going to get, like, I, I remember when my kids were young, um, I found out one of them was speeding. We loaned him, we had a, a Maxima at that time. We loaned our son a car for some reason. I don't remember what the reason was, but uh, he went down, and we found out that uh, that he uh, got off on one of these exits over here in, in DeSoto, and uh, he, he said, Dad, I wasn't driving that fast. Well, he was I think he said he was doing 60 miles an hour or something like that when he got off the exit and he got, he got a ticket, okay? And he, the fact was that uh, he didn't even realize what he was doing, okay? But the, I didn't, uh, the fact was after he did that, I would w- say, hey, you ain't taking our car anymore. You know, there is some repercussions when you don't do what you're supposed to do. So you take your car away, you take the keys away, you do whatever you have to do to bring them back into line, okay? And there is there is discipline that takes place in our life. And then it says in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 and 14, it says, You also are included in Christ. That means sealed when you say included. In Christ, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. Who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession, to the praise of His glory? So, earnest money has been put down on you when you're saved. Earnest money has been put down on you. That's what it talks, it's talking talking about. You're guaranteed. Now, I haven't been. I haven't been totally saved yet. I've been saved. The the the, the price was paid paid at the cross with Jesus Christ, right? However. The, when the redemption, he, he's got a, I've got a redemption coupon on my life. When God comes back, he's going to take me to heaven to get the rest of me purified, cleaned up. And that's when the rapture comes, what we talked about uh, last week. And so God is, is given us a deposit, and that is the Holy Spirit that lives within us, that teaches us the right way to live. And then it goes on in uh, 1 John five, eleven and 12. it says, "And this is the testimony of God has given us eternal life, and this life is in His Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son does not have life. If you don't have the Son of God in your life, if he hasn't been inserted in your body through your personal profession of faith in him, then then you know you're not going to heaven. And Jesus' Jesus's final uh, words on the cross or that it is finished. He has completed the work. Everything that needs to be done for you and I to have eternal security has been done on the cross. He paid the price that we couldn't pay. All we have to do is receive the free gift. And it says in uh, Hebrews 7 and 25, Therefore he is able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them. So God has already set out a plan for each one of us. And I want to say this, uh, if I may. You might have been here all your life. You know, I know we go through this every Sunday. You might have been here all your life in church. You might have, you know, somebody said, "Well, I was, I was, I went to church uh, all my life, even from the time I was born." He says, "My my mother drugged me to church, even when I was in the womb. She drugged me to church." You know, you ever heard that comment? You've been to church all your life. That doesn't mean you're saved. Your parents may be saved. That doesn't mean you're saved. What means uh, you're saved is you personally have accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior. That's the issue. And what better time than to do that even today? For the Bible tells us salvation is for today, right now. Why you have the opportunity? Because you're not guaranteed anything else. What we're going to do here is pray, and then we're going to uh, sing a... Hope I didn't. I know all of y'all are sleepy. Actually, we got more time, but uh, I won't belittle uh, or uh, hold us back anymore on this. But I just want to say, folks, God loves you. God wants you in his family. God wants to give you eternal salvation, something you don't have to wor- worry about. Because there are people that will worry about, where am I going when I, when I die? Well, you've got to believe his word. If you believe by faith... You'll receive it by faith, okay? And God will do exactly what he says he's going to do. And if you think you can lose your salvation, not so. If you're living a life outside of his will, now that's another problem. But that doesn't mean you lose your salvation. That, But it can and it will affect the rewards that you receive, okay, down the road. And that's what we'll be talking about tonight. So I want to ask each of you here, if you have a decision for Christ, that I'm going to go down here and stand in the front. If... I know most of you probably have been saved, uh, and that's the past tense, by the way. The Bible says, if you've been saved, you've crossed over from death unto life, okay? So if you'll just bow your heads as we ask the Lord to uh, do what he does best. Father, we know that we come into conviction under your Holy Spirit as we talk about these things. Your word has already been settled in heaven and I'm asking right now, Father, that uh, if there's anyone in here who doesn't have a relationship with you today that they're absolutely assured of, Father, then they would make it uh, firm and uh, complete today, Father. If there's somebody here that needs to make a uh, maybe a change in their life, maybe they're saved, but they have uh, not been where they wanted to be, Father, I just pray maybe they would uh, come, maybe come forward or even they can do it right where they're at, Father. You want their hearts. You want the truth to come out of their hearts, not necessarily coming forward. But if they have a decision to make, we're going to sing a song of invitation, Lord. And I just pray, Father, that uh, you would convict any hearts here, Father, whether we are saved or not, uh, that uh, if, uh, uh, if we're not living according to your will and according to your word and have not asked you into our heart to receive the free gift, then I ask today would be that day. And we give you thanks. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. We invite you to like us on Facebook or visit our website, www.bearcreekbaptist.org. If you're not a member of another church, we would like to invite you to join us in person and get to know us, and let us get to know you. Have a great week, and may the Lord richly bless you.